got a good bunch of people in here this morning. Huh? Man, you guys did not want to come out of that spot right there. You're making my job difficult. You're supposed to help me make it easier, but you're making it difficult wanting to stay right there with the presence of God. I understand. I wanted to stay right there with you, and we're just going to continue on. Amen? Well, uh, it's a little bit different day for us as a church. We get an opportunity just to share some things with you, and and uh, really today is going to be more about of a vision Sunday, just to plant some things into you, help you to see uh, maybe where we are and maybe where we're going and how you're a part of that. And, uh, you know, we've come to this place at the church where uh, we've got 10 years in this building, and uh, we just ended a great series last week, Honor, Living with Honor. How many did you like that series? Come on. That challenged me. I'm telling you what, man, it challenged me to step up in a few places about honor. And uh, this next three weeks, just to kind of give you a little heads up, we're not entering into any series over the next three weeks. Actually, I think four weeks, really. Uh, we're just going to kind of give you what we're kind of called one-hit wonders, I guess. But they're very intentional in what they're coming to you with. Uh, of course, today I've got an intentional thing to do. And then next week, Pastor Tiffany, I, you are coming next week, right? We've been trying to debate who was going to do next week. Uh, we just we fight over the spot here, and she's pretty strong sometimes. And uh, I succumbed and gave in. and she <laughs> So she'll be up here next week. You know, to be honest with you, uh, personality is next week we want to challenge you about the importance of the next service after that is Easter. And uh, that's the <clears throat> largest attended service of any service in any church is Easter service. Christmas comes in right after that. And uh, it's an opportunity where people are just come just to come and just to, you know, just even if they're checking out church. And uh, so we want to talk to you next week about what you can be a part of. To, we're better together, how we can help some of that along. And, of course, the service times are changing for that. Uh, four and six o'clock on Easter, sat <clears throat> Saturday before Easter, 10 o'clock Sunday morning. And then uh, after that, um, you know, if somebody comes in in Easter and they, they, this becomes something new to them, maybe they recommit or just find out who Jesus is for the first time, then it's important for them the next week to kind of maybe have some understanding to next steps. What, what do I do from here? Uh, we don't want to, sometimes we used to do Easter and land them and then go back and we just start having family again and forget. They're trying to figure out, oh my gosh, where am I? And so we're going to help them the week after that, take a next step and understand what happens on Easter, why. But we want to get you going to Easter. We want to come from Easter and go after Easter and help them stay. <laughs> and uh, then after that, really excited about the week after that. It's when we'll be going to three services continually. Uh, we'll be doing an 8.30, a 10, and an 11.30, and that, that'll be kicking off a new month, new message, and we'll be doing that on relationships. So there's your next month, but uh, I said all that to say this because today is a pivotal point for us at Coastal Family Church, for you and as a family, and I'll probably be sharing and talking more towards, uh, uh, oh, 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 oh my gosh, hey, if this is your first time here, man, we're glad you're here. Come on, give them a warm welcome. Absolutely. And you got some people with their hands in the air around you might be catching you off guard. Don't let that catch you off guard. They're just crazy. And we just, we just brought them into church where we can straighten them out. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, we are glad you're here. Um, but uh, I I'm actually proud to announce to you, excited to announce to you that we are in contract to purchase this building right now. We've been striving towards that. So, uh, 
Some things are in motion in that, and uh, uh, it's time to occupy. Look at somebody say, it's time to occupy. It's time to occupy some space for the kingdom of God here on the Outer Banks. And uh, not just in a four walls of brick and mortar and a building, but it's time to go and occupy some land and get out there. And, and uh, today's just a place where I want to maybe challenge you a little bit to do that. And I want to be asking you a couple questions today. What do you see? What are you going to do? And, uh, but before I do that, let me let you know another quick informational piece that would be very beneficial for all that would want to come tonight from 6 to 7. I invite any one of you, anybody that want to come, uh, we're going to be sharing some of the detailed information about the building and the purchase, the price. And uh, we're breaking that up into two phases, not asking you for money tonight. Don't think you've got to come with some offering or envelope. If you've got a million dollars, you can bring that real quick. Uh, don't you hate it when pastors say that? Because <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it takes money to do what we do. But uh, you're welcome to come. Anybody, everybody can come out 6 to 7, and we will not go beyond 7. If we do, it's just because we're talking and gabbing and having family talk. But uh, our board, uh, Artie Tillett, Ricky Scarborough, Sarah Scarborough, myself, Pastor Tiffany, and our staff. Some of our staff will be here. Hannah will be helping us with that, too. You can ask questions, and uh, we'll endeavor to ask, answer some of those for you. It's just informational, honestly. I think uh, you, that this is your home, this is your family. Uh, you need to know uh, how we got to where we are and where we're going from here. And you need to know the financial piece of that, too. And uh, we don't want to hide any of that. That's not who we are. So you can come out to that as well. So maybe we'll get to see you then. Um, <clears throat> go with me to Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. This will be a familiar scripture to some. Or maybe you've heard something similar to it, even if it's not a scripture, maybe you've heard this and you're finding out today it's actually a scripture or something that's in the Bible. Um, I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to take it to you into three different translations. The first one is the King James. You know, that's God's only Bible. That's the only one he can use. King James. That's a joke for old school people. Okay, well, we'll never say that joke ever again because <clears throat> I just made those people mad. All right, here we go. Where there's no vision, the people perish. That's the King James Version. When you look in the NIV, the New International Version, it says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Uh, when you look at the word restraint, it means they become undisciplined. Uh, they become, uh, I, I, I like to use the words, kind of my own word, they become waffled, they waver, they, they lose sight of where they're going, they lose sight of their own personal life. And it's not necessarily about a church per se, it's, it's, it's just about individuals. And uh, I don't know about you, I've been where I've not had vision before. I've been where, where I'm trying, man, what am I going to do now? Uh, making a job change, or, or uh, I remember looking for Pastor Tiffany. My eyes got real visioned when I saw her, and I didn't cast off restraint ever again once I saw her. Um, but here, I want you to see this out of the message translation, because it really settles this, what this means to us. And again, I'm going to be kind of talking to you about some vision today. The message translation says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Again, he says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. And as a pastor, I'm just see, I see that scripture unfold all the time. But I know also that when I start to see that, if I can direct them to God to help them know him, maybe get freedom with him, and then show that he has purpose for them, they start to see that they can be blessed. But it takes having vision. It takes having to see what he's doing in their life. 
And I want to take us today, and I know sometimes in church we're, we're not necessarily excited about reading a whole bunch of scriptures anymore. Uh, I, I get that. But I want to take you into a story in Numbers. And you can go and start turning there if you've got your Bibles. Or, and all the notes of this are on the app too. Um, but I want to take you into this story in uh, Numbers chapter 13. And we're going to look into a little bit of chapter 14 too. But you might remember this story if you grew up in church. And uh, Anybody ever heard of Joshua and Caleb if you're a churchgoer? Anybody heard of Joshua and Caleb? Are you serious? i got that many people never heard of Joshua and Caleb? <laughs> you guys are like crazy. I just saw three hands. Then I saw 20 hands. And How many know Joshua and Caleb? Thank you. That tells me how I'm supposed to teach now because you know everything. So I don't have to say as much. Joshua and Caleb, you, you know the story of Joshua and Caleb, and I get there's some people that don't. Basically, you know the story that the children of Israel were told to go in and, and possess the promised land, the land of Canaan. We'll talk about that here in a minute. And you had these people that went in that saw one thing, and you had these other people that go in, two guys that saw something totally different. And they came back, and they gave the report, and it unfolded that whole story. Well, I want to read it to you. I want you to hear, I want you to go into this thing with me and see something because I want to ask you a question. What are you seeing? And because when we look at the subject of what are we seeing, are you seeing things through risk or through the eyes of faith? Because if we look at the risk too long, you'll never step into faith. And faith doesn't ignore risk. Faith sees beyond the risk. Faith is more about obedience because the risks are God's responsibility. Let's go into our story. Numbers chapter 13. Then Lord, the Lord spoke to Moses, Send out men to investigate the land of Canaan, which I'm given to the Israelites. You are to send one man from each ancestral tribe, each one a leader among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran at the command of the Lord. All of them were leaders of Israel. Now here's what Canaan represented to the children of Israel. And you can apply this to your own life in any way that you want to. What would Canaan be for your life? But for these folks, Canaan meant that they were not going to be uprooted again. This meant that this was a place for them to stake ground. This meant this was a place for them to find home. This meant a place to occupy. And you'll find out that there were promises that came with them. This was a, really, to be honest with you, a dream come true for these guys. They were stepping into a land that, that they would never have really any wants ever again in a sense of what, what they came from of slavery. And when they heard this word from Moses, this was good news to them. Let's go on down. Numbers 13, I'm going to skip the next paragraph, a few words, because that's just telling you who all the people were, all the tribes and all the leaders, and you can read that for yourself. 13, 17 through 20. When Moses sent them to investigate the land of Canaan, dream come true, he told them, go up through Negev and then go into the hill country and see what the land is like, whether the people who live in it are strong or weak, few or many. I am actually in a New English translation, so that might be a little different than what you're reading. But it's up here. <clears throat> whether the land they live in is good or bad, and whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or fortified cities, and whether the land is rich or poor, and whether or not there are forests in it. Now, so far, listen to what, he, what Moses is saying. Look, there's a good chance that these things are there, good and bad. Uh, go see if there's forests. Is there wood to build our houses with? Now, I knew they built with brick and mortar. But the point is, there is provision here. Go see. I like what he said up at the beginning. He says, and go up into the hill country. In other words, get up high where you can see what's really going on there. 
Don't go into this land without spying it out. And don't be caught off guard by what you see. I love what Moses did. He contrasts. He puts both. He says, you can probably see this, and you're probably going to see this. But when you've got a dream come true, you probably don't see the bad when you first start. You probably just go in. We're going to see everything good until the risks show up. And whether the land is rich or poor, and whether or not the forests are in it, and be brave and bring back some of the fruit of the land. Now it was the time of the year for the first ripe grapes. That's important because this is where the fruit's going to be the most seen. Numbers 23 through 13, 23 through 25. Now they're here. They're gone. They're going out. <clears throat> you got 12 guys, 12 leaders. When they came to the valley of Eskol, they cut down from there a branch with one cluster of grapes, and they carried it on a staff between two men. And as some of the pomegranates and the figs. So basically, they found what he's, they were supposed to see here. Grapes, a cluster of grapes that you had to put on a stick to carry between two guys. That's a pretty big set of grapes. Numbers chapter 13. This is where this thing starts to turn around a little bit. 26 through 33. They came back to Moses and Aaron and to the whole community of the Israelites in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. They reported to the whole community and showed the fruit of the land. So listen, let's just stop right there for a minute. What Moses was saying, look, go in and make a plan so we can plan how we're going to go in. He never was telling them that there wouldn't be challenges. He didn't tell them. He just said, look, I want you to go so we can sit down. You're the 12 leaders of all of these tribes. You guys are pretty smart. We should be able to make this thing work. Let's go in. If there's something we need to attack, we'll know how to attack. If there's something that we need to plant, we'll know what to plant. If there's something that would keep us from getting in there a little bit sooner, make us sooner, we'll go. If it's something that will slow us down, let's go in with a plan. Let's just don't go out there and just say, jump off and make it happen. No, let's go with a plan. So here they are they do it and they come back but listen to how their plan began to change they reported to the whole community and showed the fruit of the land they told Moses we went to the land where you sent us it is indeed flowing with milk and honey and this is its fruit but the inhabitants are strong and the cities are fortified and very large we're starting to go backwards a little bit here moreover we saw everybody say saw the descendants of an act there these guys are big guys. The Amalekites live in the land of the Negev, the Hittites, Jezebites, Amorites. They live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. All right, so here's these guys are coming back. You've got 12 people, and you've got these 10 guys. How do I know that? Because the next two guys show up. They start to see this thing going south real quick. But they're looking at this differently than these guys are looking at it. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses, saying, Let's go up and occupy it. Everybody say occupy. occupy. For we are well able to conquer it. Everybody say occupy. occupy. Verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, We're not able to go up against these people because they are stronger than we are. And they presented the Israelites with a discouraging report of the land they had investigated, saying, The land that we pass through to investigate is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people we saw, everybody say, we saw. They are of great stature. We even saw the Nephilim. These are the real, real big guys. The descendants of Anak came from the Nephilim. And we seemed, everybody say, we seemed like grasshoppers both to ourselves and to them. What they're seeing was not what they saw. When they went into the, this land first, they saw the report of the Lord. 
But the moment they got in the land, their eyes got off of the report of the Lord and they began to see the risk. Numbers 14, 1 through 9. Then all the community raised a loud voice. This is really getting ready to go south here. This is getting ready to go real bad. Everybody say, way, way south now. All right. And all the community raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night. Their dreams had been destroyed. We'll never make it. We're never going to go. Oh, what are we going to do? It's over. It's all over. And all the Israelites murmured against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, it's amazing how people love to follow a crowd. Twelve guys, ten influenced the all. And all the Israelites murmured against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had perished in the wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us into this land only to kill? Now they're starting to question God. That's a dangerous place to be. Because that, in our covenant, opens up the door to the enemy, not God. When we start to question God in a sense, oh, God's give up on me now. You don't think the devil's waiting to hear you say that? And to bring a whole other message. Let's go. So they said to one another, let's appoint a leader. Now they're going to get somebody else that's going to be better. A leader and return to Egypt. I've got to move on. I don't want to stay on this story too much. Then Moses and Aaron fell down with their faces to the ground before the whole assembly, assembled community of Israelites. And Joshua, son of Nun, Caleb, son of Jephunneh, Two of those who investigated the land tore their garments. They said to the whole community of Israelites, the land we pass through to investigate is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us. A land that is flowing with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land for they are bred for us. Their protection has turned aside from them, but the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Let's pray. Father, you're so good. Thank you so much. We just ask you to open up this to us a lot more so that we can see what you see in Jesus' name. Amen. Twelve spies went in. Ten saw one report. Two saw another report. Looking at the same thing, but seeing something totally different. Just throw that picture up there. Anybody remember the dress? Anybody see that a long year ago, two years ago? Maybe not. This came across... Uh, you got to be a Facebook user, and you got to be an Instagram user, and uh, never mind. Here we go. All right. How many see white and gold? Let me see your hands. No, oh, put your hand up. Seriously, I gotta, I gotta know this. How many see white and gold? How many see blue and black? You are missing it. It is white and gold. We are from heaven. We are Holy Spirit led. We are God. No, we're not. It's really black and, black and blue. We can look at the same picture and see something totally different. Are you looking at a dress like I'm looking at right now? How many see white and gold? Let me see your hands. That's what I see. Well, white and whatever, pink, gold, whatever. How many see, this is the kicker, who sees black and blue? See, what's happening, the more I talk to you about it, you're looking at it differently, and you're starting to see a different picture. We're looking at the same thing. My point is, we can be looking at the same thing, but seeing it totally differently. That's exactly what happened here to the children of Israel. These 12 spies went into this land, 
looking at the same thing, seeing the same fruit, but their perception of what they saw was totally different than two guys. And those are the only two guys that actually possess the promised land. Those ten did not get into the promised land. Listen to this quote. If we're not careful, all we will see when we come to church is ourselves and four walls. And if that's all we see, then we'll have a hard time seeing Jesus. We have to see what we can't see. It's called faith. I'm going to give you three quotes. I want you to hear this. I want you to go with me in this story. These guys, they're in this land. Faith. They're walking on faith. They got a word from God. They're starting out in great obedience. Faith sees what to occupy. They've gone into this land. They begin to spy it out. They found out that there was plenty of provision, everything that they needed. Faith saw what they had to occupy. Moses said, go in. God's given us this. This is what I want you to have. They stepped out on faith. Number two, faith sees how to occupy. How were they supposed to occupy? They were, going, they were told to go in and take possession. They were told to go in and position themselves. They were told to go in. When I say take possession, if they had to fight, they were to fight. If they were to stand down, they were to stand down. If they were to farm, they were to farm. If they were to build, they were to build. They were told how to go in and take this land. They knew what to do. They knew where to go. And they were told how. Faith sees when to occupy What did Caleb say? We're able to go do this. We are to go in at once and occupy this now. You see, when we make take steps of faith, when we step into maybe some of the unknowns of faith, sometimes I think we're thinking that, okay, there must not be any risk if it's a faith thing. I got to wait till there's no risk. I got to wait till there's, it's just a smooth bed of roses, and then that will determine whether I walk on this course or go this direction or not. No, these children of Israel, uh, Moses said, there's going to be this, see if there's this, see if there's that, see if there's this. But you've got something that's greater than the risk that you're facing. You've got a word from heaven, you've got a word from God, and that word of obedience will always outweigh the risk. Here's what people do they step out before they have a word from God. They get out there and they do it because if it's a word from somebody else and not a word from God for yourself. Why is that important? Because I want you to see something very clearly. We are in our 10th year in this building, in this brick or mortar. We've been here for for 10 years. If we could hear the stories that are coming through these walls, if I could go into your life and hear the story that's happened in your family, we'd be here till Jesus comes because there's so many stories that have been happening. And when I think of that 10-year, why is that so big? I didn't know until I looked into it. I saw something. It marked something for us. I'm not necessarily a numbers guy. I'm trying to prophesy out of numbers. That's not something that I do. But, but I looked at it, and I went to the number, and it's jumped off at the page at me, and it said something about where we are as a church here in the year that we are existing in this building. We're about 12 or 13 years old, but in this building, in the same house, outer room, 100% full in one service, 87% full in the second service, it's time to occupy a little bit differently than what we're doing right now. And there's some risk involved. What risk? I don't know if somebody will show up to a third service. That's a risk to us. There's a risk to maybe you stepping up with your, with your heart, with your time, with your treasure. There's risk involved in any choice that you do in stepping out with God, but you've got to trust the obedience of the word that you have from God, and I've never seen him fail in that. 
Now, I've failed him royally a bunch of times. I've stepped out before and thinking it was God and found out it wasn't God. I learned through that experience to how to find out more when it is God. Anybody ever made some mistakes before? Absolutely we have. Well, you learn from your mistakes. You move forward. But I do know this, that two and a half years ago, we were almost in the same spot. We were looking to do purchase this house that we're living in right now. We were going to make this our home. We were doing, going down some of the same processes, some of the same finding out how much it was going to be, what we wanted to put down, would the owner be willing to sell. All of the normal questions that were there, we went out and asked. And as we got closer to it, we, as a board and as a staff, we just we got this check of, of don't do this yet. We had started talking to you about it a little bit. We pulled out and we pulled back. We said, you know what? Mm -mm -mm. No, 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 no. We're not going to do that. So we pulled back. And here we go. We're two and a half years later. Listen to the number 10, the definition of that word. The number 10 means everything is complete and in its proper order. The number 10 also means the ending of one cycle, the beginning of a new cycle. Numbers 13, verse 30 complete Jewish Bible. We ought to go up immediately and take possession of it, our home. There is no question that we can't conquer it. Now, I'm going to take you a little bit deeper than that. There is no question that it is time for us that we are to occupy this as home. Yeah, I, you, I mean, I would fight you until you're blue in the face on that. I know it. I see it. It's just, it's what we're supposed to do. There's no question that we're supposed to occupy more space here uh, on the Outer Banks. And, and, if I was going to tell you that this would be the landing spot until Jesus comes, probably not. I believe that this, we, would, we need more, we need more space. You don't want a pastor that doesn't think that because you want to be able to grow and position for a harvest. And I believe that that's where we are. We may buy buildings to the right, to the left. We might buy the land across the street. Don't go tell Darnell that because he might not know that yet. But <clears throat> that's who owns it. I'm just telling you right now where we are in this home, it's proper time. It's at the right. Everything is in order. There's money in the bank. We've made adjustments with the owner. The owner's worked with us. It's better for him right now. He wants to sell it. You can find out all that detail that you're questioning right now, how much it is and all that. Come tonight at 6 or 7. We'll tell you all that. But that's not what I'm here for today. What I'm here to take you beyond just this simple home. If we're not careful, this will be all you'll see. You'll get caught up with the risk that might be involved with this home. This is not what you're to see. Faith sees beyond the home. Faith sees beyond these four walls. Faith sees that I went into a place and we went into a place and this was about occupying a position and taking some land back. Faith sees what's here now, what wasn't here a few years ago. David, can you get me my chairs real quick? Faith sees the how, faith sees the what, and faith sees the when. When we stepped out to Pioneer Coastal Family Church, we just went on a call. We went on a call of God. We really did. We tried to do it five years prior to that moment. And after that time, we came and we started here. If you only knew how many times people would try to get me to throw these things away. I'm not doing it. Because it's a marker to me. We came with 50 of these. These were part of the first 50 chairs that we started Coastal Family Church with. I don't think I have 50 of them now. I think there's some of them they had to throw away because they're <laughs> rusting and falling apart. But, but Kenzie, come here. 
Come over here. No, no, don't you just step up here. You're pregnant. <laughs> Sit right there. Now, I've got a long way to go, and I've got to hurry here. I've only got about 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're pregnant. You have to sit. That's <clears throat> how we started. Just me, Mackenzie, Tiffany, or no, yeah, you're Mackenzie, you're Tiffany, and Chase. We started on a risk, but we followed obedience. And because we were willing to occupy 50 chairs and put them in position so that others could come. Now, look at what this has connected me to. Where's Rasheed? Is he in here? Come on up, Rasheed. If I hadn't followed the risk of obedience, not the risk of I can't do it, I would have never had this son in my life. Because we followed this obedient. You can sit down, son. And because we followed that, we were willing to occupy this now we occupy this, and now this, this. Come up here, Tommy. Stand beside your wife. Thirteen years ago, God said, go spy the land out. Thirteen years ago, God said, look, I want you to go make possession of it. I want you to go make a stand in it. Thirteen years ago, God said, and you know what? I want you to go do it now. If I had never followed the now you would have never been to the now. That doesn't mean nothing to you. It means more to me than it probably does you because I saw this whole process. But if we're not careful, all we'll see when we come to church is just the part you're sitting in and never look beyond the place where you started and never go to this house. Well, now that I have this, okay, so you, can go sit, you guys can go sit down. Give me somebody else. Steve, come up here. Sit with me. You came to this chair. You weren't in that chair. Thank God these are supposedly gone from you. When I see Steve, I don't see Steve. I'm asking you, what do you see when you come to church? If church is about you, you'll be limited in the vision that you have. You'll be limited in the fulfillment that you'll get. Oh, you'll be blessed. I'm concerned that people see eternity more for the benefits it has for themselves than the fact that people might just miss out on the option of eternity if we're not willing to look beyond ourselves. Because there's some people out there getting ready to miss out on the option of eternity because they don't know God, they don't have freedom, and they don't have any purpose. And some people are choosing not to make a difference. What do you see and what are you going to do? This is occupying a brick and mortar, and it costs money to do that. I'm not asking you for money today. I would invite you to be a part of it. You pray and do whatever you want to do. It's, it's real simple. You, I'm asking to give you heart. I'm asking you to be willing to maybe think about giving your time, and I'm asking you maybe be willing to go beyond giving your time and give treasure. That's, that's you. I will never beg you to do that. My trust is not in you. My trust is to believe that you want to be increased in your own life, and that's how that happens. It's not based on me or anyone else. It's based on you. It's a choice. It's in grace. It's in the covenant that you're in. But I don't see Steve. I'm asking you, what do you see? Do you, give me a, another question. Do you see Steve right here in this chair? Absolutely, you do. I see a chair beside Steve. Who's he connected to? Is he married? Hmm? Does he have kids? Do you have family? 
Does he have a job? Does he have a home? Does he have uh, grandkids? Maybe on the way. How many of us, when we come to church, we only see the Steve and never see what's beside Steve or involved in the rest of Steve's life? If you've got a seat next to you, raise your hand. That's empty. Does David have a family? How do you know that? I'm not even going to try to explain that one. Does he have kids? Your wife's in the back. Did y'all have a fight last night? Oh, you got a blue shirt on. I get it. What do you see when you come to church? Do you just see it's a place where I can get fed for the day to help me go through life when I walk out because I'm going through a lot? Or do you see it as just a promised land for yourself? And I believe we all are tempted to see it that way at times because you know why? You probably do at times need just promised land for yourself. Because you're living in life. There's giants in your land. There's, sometimes provision seems like it's not there. But faith is able to see those same experiences of risk that you're facing out there and looks beyond it and sees, you know what? They're, they're, this has connected me to a whole lot more than just my moment of sitting in my chair now. And I'm challenging you right now simply to come to this place as a church. Are you willing to go into the land beyond just four walls of a building and occupy the Outer Banks with us here at Coastal? I'm not standing up here and telling you that I'm trying to reach 36,000 people. It's it's just not what we're called to do. We're called to reach every one of those 36,000 that God's put in our path to do so. We're called to reach people to help people know God. How many people feel like you know God a little bit now? We're called to help people have freedom in their life. How many people feel like that maybe there's a little bit of freedom going on in your life right now? I didn't say a lot. I said a little bit. I know it's a stretch for some. How many people in here feel like that you do have some purpose in your life? You, you, you know, you've got a reason to wake up tomorrow morning. There's some that might be very difficult for right now in this house. How many have actually thought about what it means to make a difference for the kingdom of God at least once? Let me see your hand. It's real simple. Just be you in the place of occupying. And I'm going to give you some quick definitions of the word occupy, and then I'm going to let you go. Because, yes, we're going to campaign. Campaigns means we take a collective order or a structure going towards something. Everything is in proper time and proper order at Coastal Family Church for this move to purchase this house. Everything is, is, we're ending one cycle, coming to a, another cycle. We're, we've gone from gray chair to blue chair. I know we've got two different colored blues, but we've gone from gray chair to blue chair. We just might go from these four walls to another four walls. It's actually part of doing the thing called ministry and reaching out for the kingdom of God because Jesus is coming real soon. And there's some people getting ready to miss that option. And I don't know about you, I'm just not willing to let that happen on my watch. 
I'm not willing to let people, because I wasn't willing to occupy with my heart, with my time, and with my treasure, and stand before God and say, hey, I just didn't have time. There were too many giants in my land, and I just couldn't focus on anybody else but me. And God's always caused you a little bit farther than yourself. And until we actually embrace that and put it into your heart, you'll always have a little bit of unfulfillment that's going on. i got 20 pages of notes and you don't want them. Trust me. <clears throat> Never mind. Stand up with me. Yeah, I'm done with you. <laughs> For the time being. Occupy means... To give time and energy to something. Occupy means to take ownership of something. Occupy means to be aggressively moving forward. And if you don't think you're moving forward, hang out. We'll help you move forward. We're choosing to embrace you as family. I went from a gray chair to a blue chair. And I just believe that there's a lot more blue chairs out there to be filled. And how do you think it's going to happen? It, it just doesn't happen by osmosis. It takes a group of people that are willing to face some risk out of an obedience to a word from heaven. It's called faith. Faith knows what, faith knows how, and faith knows when. And until you know the answer to all three of those, you don't do anything. But when you see all three begin to unfold in front of you, you actually start to move into disobedience. And when you start to move into disobedience, that's where the unfulfillment starts to happen. And can I be real transparent with you as a pastor, as maybe some of your pastors? I don't know if I'm some of your pastors. Based upon your involvement. I think we're your church, but I don't know if I'm your pastor. I'm not trying to get into your life and read your mail. I would never do that. i got enough of my own to read. But there is something to be said when people are involved with those three areas of life in a local church. If you're not serving on the dream team, I'm going to ask you why. If you're not giving of your treasure, your finest, I'm going to ask you why. I'm not going to tell you to and do, go do it. I'm just going to ask you why. If... if it kind of questions the heart a little bit. Because the heart is where your treasure is, or the treasure is where your heart is. <laughs> We've kind of got that twisted around, where your treasure is your heart. No, 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 no. Where your heart is is where your treasure will be. So if you see just this place as just where I go on Sunday, this is just church to you. It's just a house. It's just four walls. But if this is the place that you go to because you see Children's Fest once a year that feeds that ministers to 3,800 people, if you see that this is the place where you see after prom where 400 students come to in just about four weeks, they'll be coming to what you're providing for them. If you see this as Easter where you have uh, um, uh, anywhere from five to 600 people come out, if you see that, the, do you know what our membership is? Six to 700 call church home right now. You don't see them on Sunday because some of those people come six times a year, three times a year. But if you went to them on the street and asked them where home is, they would say it's right here. This is home. 
But home comes home, becomes home once you start to occupy it. Once you start to engage in what's going on. And, and, and if you're maybe not involved, small groups. We have 200 people uh, each semester, usually in small groups, doing life together. When we saw the small group this semester, you know what was happening? They, were, they knew when funerals were and weddings were and hospital stuff before we did. That's cool. Because that's starting to occupy the outer banks. That's getting beyond brick and mortar. It's not about just a purchase. It's about positioning ourselves for growth and harvest and fulfilling the purpose on people's lives, just like what happens in your life. Heath, you can go ahead and come on up. So I'm asking you the question, what do you see when you come to church? What do you see when you call church home? Do you see the option to occupy more than what you see? And then I ask you the second question. What are you going to do about it? I can't answer that for you. I just can invite you to be a part of it. To occupy the Outer Banks with us here at Coastal.